Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. This week we're returning to an old favourite, a topic that continues to be relevant and I think it always will be, and that is self-confidence and boosting self-confidence. You know, it's a topic that surfaces again and again with clients, you know, whether that's a one-to-one client I'm working with who's seeking the confidence to make some career or life changes, you know, or maybe it's an interview skills client who doesn't want to be a ball of nerves at their interview, or in a work context, someone who wants to feel more confident when presenting or sharing their views at a meeting or working with more senior colleagues. I think it's part of the human condition, really. You know, that self-doubt, that lack of worthiness, imposter syndrome, lack of confidence, whatever you, whatever you call it, I think we all have it. So this week, I'm going to share with you 15 strategies, 15 practices for boosting self-confidence. Of course, this is a vast topic. Um, And I'll also share with you as well some of the common causes of lack of confidence, because I'm a great believer in looking at causes and not just addressing symptoms. If this is a topic that interests you or you want to dive deeper or get even more tips and distinctions, as I briefly mentioned in, in recent episodes, I was delighted to partner with the International Open Academy who are an expanding and well-respected provider of video-based how-to courses and masterclasses. So I put together with them a two-hour workshop on the topic of self-confidence. This workshop is broken down into several different modules. And as one kind reviewer put it, you can digest it in bite-sized chunks or or view it like a a Netflix-type binge session. It's a piece of work I'm very proud of, and you can find out more about it and get a snippet of me in action by visiting my website, jamesweekman.com, or by visiting the International Open Academy. So that's spelt as you would think it, internationalopenacademy.com. Click on courses and then just search for confidence and up it'll pop. And if you use the discount code SWEETMAN, so my surname, um, uh, on the link on the site, you'll get the discount, which brings the course down to twenty-eight fifty. And of course, when you're there, there's I think about two hundred other courses that they have on a whole range of topics, um, and is well worth checking out. Their uh, their quality uh, online course provider, and as I say, I was proud to work. Uh, with them. And of course, from a full disclosure perspective, um, I get a commission on sales as an affiliate or as as a partner with them. So that's just a little bit more on that new product that I was proud to produce on this topic of self-confidence. But let's get stuck into this week's episode and the tips I want to share with you. So as I always say, most of us, if we are honest, would like to feel more confident in at least some situations. You know, have a think about what some of those situations might be for you. I also say it was a quote that came to me a while ago, and I use it or reference it very, fairly frequently. You know, we all run the gamut between waiting to be found and waiting to be found out, um, which you know links the lack of self-confidence that we can run with good old imposter syndrome. You know, my work in this area and my work with clients on the topic of confidence tends to be situational. So by that, I mean, you know, it's focused on a specific um, scenario, a specific environment, whether that's an interview or presentation, you know, or confidence around making life or career uh, decisions. 
as opposed to something that's more pervasive, you know, where someone is maybe suffering from an all-consuming social anxiety. And that's not an area where I have expertise that's more suited to uh, counselling, whereas I'm coming from this, of course, wearing my coaching hat. So I often think if we're looking for more of anything, whatever it is, it's useful to, to ponder what exactly is it that I'm seeking or how do I define it? So in this instance, we're talking about confidence. So how do I define confidence? What does it mean to me? You know, how do you know when you're feeling confident? And of course, we have to know what confidence is to know when we're lacking it or to know when it's not at a level that I would like it to be at. You know, one of the definitions of confidence that I've used for a while, you know, is is an internal faith, belief or certainty about our own personal powers and our abilities to achieve. Um, there's another one that I that I think speaks more to my heart, which is confidence is the emotional knowing that you are prepared, mind, body and spirit for anything. I like that one. You know, that sense of just just knowing on the inside. And perhaps that links into the context, context of self-belief. Um, for me, I, I always go back to the, the root of the word confidence from the Latin confidus, meaning with faith, you know, so with faith in myself, with faith in a bigger power, with faith that things will tend to work out. If we think about lack of self-confidence or feeling worried or anxious about something, I often say that they're symptoms and it's useful to get curious as to what the root cause of that is. And in my experience and working with clients in this area, and also from self-reflection on my own life and the situations where I feel a lack of confidence, you know, there's five or six common causes um, that I find surface again and again. Uh, the first one is when we're emotionally invested in something. So if you take the example maybe of an interview, you know, it's only right that you're nervous because you care about it, like you care about doing a good job and doing your best you're emotionally invested in it. If you weren't, you would be complacent and you probably wouldn't be doing a very good interview. So emotional investment means that, you know, we've got some skin in the game and um, that, it, it, you know, a little bit of nervousness, anxiousness is the price we pay for caring. It's also, how would I say it? It sows the seeds for that adrenaline buzz that we get on the far side when we've moved through something that we were anxious about, but sort of faced the fear and did it anyway. Uh, linked to that, the second reason why we can lack confidence is that we're doing something that's outside of our comfort zones. You know, it's not something that we do every day. It's something new. When we're outside of our comfort zones, we will feel more self-conscious. And that's only natural. You know, it's it's not something that's in our normal rituals and routines and we haven't formed any habits around it. You know, so if you're attending a, a senior meeting at work, for example, you know, for the first time, you're not doing it. Um, you've not done it before. You don't do it frequently. So therefore, you're going to feel a little bit more self-conscious and maybe lacking confidence, which wouldn't be there if you're, you know, showing up for a meeting that you attend every week. The third reason why we can feel a lack of confidence is that we're in a scenario where we don't feel in control. So again, linked to being outside of comfort zone as well. I often use here the example of being at an interview and, 
you know, yes, you're emotionally invested. You mightn't do them every day, so they're outside of your comfort zone. But on top of that, you're not in control of maybe the questions that you would be asked. You can maybe predict some of them, but you're not in control of the questions. You're not in control of maybe the mood of the interviewers. You know, and if we're trying to control other people in any scenario, it, it brings us into this territory of feeling self-conscious, fearing their judgments, um, and uh, lack of confidence will naturally raise its head. Of course, another reason why we will lack confidence is just past challenges and past experiences. You know, I'm a great advocate, and you will hear me saying it frequently, you know, that we're always doing our best. Um, but we've all experienced challenges that maybe have made us more self-conscious or maybe have instilled in us an internal dialogue that perhaps is not helpful or supportive or empowering. But we're always doing our best. Another reason why we lack confidence is, is one that's maybe the most easily rectified, which is where we just feel that we're not on top of something. You know, we're not prepared, we're not organised, um, you know, we're operating by the seat of our pants, as the phrase would be, you know, the fear of being found out for not having done our homework type scenario. Um, so when we don't feel prepared or organised, we will, you know, we will feel a lack of confidence as well. That's one that I often come across when I'm working with people, both for interview preparation and particularly presentation skills preparation. Uh, the last one I'll share with you today is reasons for lacking in self-confidence. And perhaps it's the, it's the root behind all of the others. And that's the, the fear of failure or the fear of rejection. Uh, for me in particular, it's fear of rejection, you know, the fear that other people will judge me negatively, you know, the fear that I let someone down, the fear that I let myself down, the fear that I won't be liked or viewed as good enough. And that's a pattern that we all run. And I sometimes think if we can look at that head on and just identify it for what it is, we can we can dance with it and move beyond it. And of course, that's something that will come up in the, in the little tips I'll be sharing with you uh, shortly as well. So they're the main reasons I find why we lack confidence. A quick recap on them. You know, we're emotionally invested in something because we care. We're doing something outside of our comfort zones. Uh, we're, we, we, we feel a lack of control in a situation. Uh, the past challenges that we carry with us, maybe a sense of being poorly organised. And then the capstone on them all, that fear of failure or fear of rejection. So for the rest of this week's episode, we're going to get the sleeves rolled up and I'm going to go through 15 tips, 15 practices for boosting your self-confidence. And as I say, there is a lot more that sits on the masterclass I did with the International Open Academy. Um, and you can find out more about that on my website. So let's jump straight in. Top of the list is more conscious breathing. So if you think about when we're nervous or anxious or worried, we're breathing high and fast in our chests. Here, what we're doing is just purposely breathing more slowly, more consciously, more purposefully. And it's like we're sending a mixed message to the brain. You know, I'm breathing a little bit more calmly, so therefore I must be calm. And again, if you think about it, the body has the wisdom here. You know, we'll uh, we'll often say to ourselves, you know, take a deep breath when we're facing something we're nervous or anxious about. You know, so that's what we're doing. We're just taking a, a deep breath, breathing more consciously. And what I find works really well here is, you know, obviously taking a deep breath in, but just expand or, or releasing it, exhaling more slowly. So the exhale is longer than the inhale. And that really allows us to, to drop our shoulders and to, to relax into our bodies a little more. And what I find breathing does is it takes us out of our busy heads, which is usually an overdrive when we're feeling a lack of confidence. 
you know, and back into our bodies where we feel more grounded. Second tip for boosting self-confidence is to think about a time in the past, uh, an empowering memory, you know, a time in the past where you were a bit scared or anxious about something, but you persevered, you dug deep, you, you know, you dipped into your reserves of resilience or courage. And if you did it before, you can do it again. You know, those, that, that resourcing, that uh, resilience, that quality, that determination, you know, you still have it. It's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. It might be buried deep, but we can use our past memories as a way to access it. We can also flip it here for point number three. So instead of empowered memories, we can do empowered visualization. So this is something that's often more associated with sports people, you know, where you think about you know, the mental focus or the mental rehearsal of taking a drop goal or a penalty kick or a golf swing or a tennis serve, you know, picturing in your head how you want to do something. Um, it's it's almost like the complete opposite of worry. If you think of worry as being negative visualization, here we're doing positive visualization, thinking about how you want to show up, how you want to approach something and um, creating a little blueprint for it in your mind. You know, whether that's you know, delivering a talk at work or raising your hand at a team meeting or showing up or logging on for your interview, whatever the scenario is, you're thinking about how you want to show up um, as opposed to, you know, worst case scenario stuff, which is often where our habit is. Tip number four for boosting self-confidence is one of my favourites, and it's a simple little question to ask ourselves when we become aware of how we're feeling and if we're feeling a little bit anxious or worried or nervous, you know, ask myself, right, okay, what's real and what's just a movie in my head? In the vast majority of cases, what's causing my nervousness or anxiousness is a series of movies, horror movies usually, that I'm running in my head. And if you think about playing a movie on your TV or on your DVD player and it's not something you're enjoying, what would common sense say? Common sense would say eject the movie. But of course, we can only eject the movie when we know we're playing it. And I find that blunt question, you know, what's real? What's just a movie in my head? A great way to get into the witness position where I can witness the pattern of thinking that I'm running rather than being stuck in it. It's a bit like, oh, there I go again thinking that, James, you know, where where if I can recognize what I'm doing, maybe I have choice to do something else. That leads neatly into the fifth point for the fifth little tip for boosting self-confidence, which is being brave enough to ask ourselves, right, what exactly am I fearful of here? You know, what's the worst that can happen? Let me look at it head on. I'm a great fan of the work of Byron Katie and her work, which is literally called the work, you know, the four or five steps and questions to, to questioning your own thought thoughts. And I find that approach works really well here. So if I'm brave enough to identify what exactly I'm fearful of, then I can ask myself the question, well, is that true? You know, my rational brain can then assess what is usually an emotive question that I'm running in my brain. And most of the time when we ask ourselves that question, you know, well, is that true? The, the fear will, will dissipate or dissolve. That's where we get the old phrase, you know, the truth will set you free. I find this works beautifully in many different scenarios. You know, I had a lady I was working with on interview skills only recently, you know, and I said, okay, what exactly are you fearful of? Because we were working on her nervousness. And, you know, she said, oh, I'd, I'd hate to be asked a question that I cannot answer. 
And I said, okay, so let's work with that one. So they will ask you a question that you cannot answer. Is that true? And of course, it's not completely true. It's possible. You know, but if it's not completely true, that creates a little bit of space or a little bit of wiggle room for some other thoughts, maybe more impairing thoughts or at least more neutral thoughts to enter. You know, well, they might ask me some questions that I'll have to ponder before I can respond. You know, that's less anxiousness inducing thinking than, oh, gosh, you know, they'll ask me something I cannot answer, which is not based on fact because it hasn't happened yet. Tip number six sounds a little bit Pollyannish when I say it's anticipate positive. But if you think of what worry is, worry is anticipate negative. You know, worry and excitement are both about future anticipation. Um, Worry is negative, excitement is positive, but it's both anticipation. That's why the symptoms of both nervousness and excitement in our bodies are practically identical. You know, the faster beating heart and the talking faster and the butterflies in the stomach and the shaky hands or legs. It's all based on anticipation. And most of the time, our habit is to anticipate negative, which is worry. That's fine. It's part of our self-defense mechanism. We all know that. But how about just for 10% of the time, we actually anticipate positive. Something that I've been doing in recent times when I've sensed myself Uh, how would I say it, go a bit wobbly around some challenges or issues or areas where I don't feel as confident. And I look at it head on. I'll say, okay, what exactly am I fearful of here? And then I'll I'll turn it around and I'll, um, I'll, I'll actually consider the complete opposite to that. You know, so let me think, think of a presentation, you know, the audience uh, won't get what I will be sharing with them. Uh, Well, is that true? Well, I don't know. (laughs) to start with that opens the door to to a different possibility you know but then the audience will will appreciate what i'll be saying with them or to them um uh, which is true which is untrue well they're all just thoughts at the end of the day and maybe if i lean in to anticipate positive at least it's a variation you know it's it's looking to broaden my perspective on a scenario tip number seven so we're nearly at the halfway point is fake it until you feel it Now, you've probably heard the phrase fake it until you make it, which is probably similar. But if we think about body language of confidence here, you know, the the eyes are looking outwards, the shoulders are back, the spine is straight, whether we're standing or seated. And maybe I can do that more purposefully um, and put on what I would label as the uniform of confidence. You know, so if I know what confidence is in my body, can I do it purposefully? I mightn't feel it naturally. But then after a while, if it's something I'm doing more consciously, maybe it will become more natural. It'll become a habit. So that's what I mean when I say fake it until you feel it. Tip number eight is one of my favorites. It's a go-to exercise for me in a number of different scenarios, which is um, accessing my own wisdom by asking myself, what would someone I admire do if they're in my shoes or what approach would they take? So if you think about a scenario where you're feeling anxious or lacking confidence, and then you also think about someone you admire, maybe it's someone within your own circle or someone in the public eye, or if they're in a newspaper or a magazine, you might read about them. You know, I think, well, how would they approach it or what advice would they give me? You know, if I could phone up, I don't know, Michelle Obama, what might she say to you? And all we're doing in that instance is using that person as a key for unlocking our wisdom, you know, and we'll get some better self-talk going. It's a simple exercise, but it's one that I find in particular very useful. Tip number nine is to acknowledge our strengths. 
Uh, this is one when, if, if you think about a scenario where we're lacking confidence, we're usually focused on areas where we don't feel as strong or we feel, you know, that we have some weaknesses or we're not as prepared or we're fearing the negative judgment of others, you know, but let me acknowledge what I am bringing to the table, you know, and sometimes we're, well, not sometimes, frequently, we're tougher on ourselves than anyone else is. And of course, if we're if I'm preparing someone for interview, we're focused on strengths that you want the interviewers to know about you. But here, this is really much broader than that. You know, let me think about some of the the qualities that I'm bringing into this interaction or some of the successes or achievements I've had in the past, my experience, my expertise. You know, let's not lose sight in a in a factual sort of evidence based way what our strengths are and what we're bringing into the situation. Uh, tip number 10 is a lovely one, which is something that I think a lot of people are not so good at. And it might be something that maybe Irish people are particularly not so good at. And that's accepting compliments. You know, the way we'll brush things off, you know, oh, that's a lovely bag and you go, you know, 10 quid in pennies or whatever, rather than just saying thank you. So when a compliment is is genuinely meant, it's a real gift. And maybe we're not being very, I don't know, generous by, by not fully accepting those gifts. And I often view compliments as little building blocks in our, in our own levels of self-confidence. You know, it's a gift that someone else is giving you. Let's be gracious enough just to say thank you and to acknowledge it and to receive it on the inside. So we're in the home stretch. Uh, tip number 11 is to simply make the decision to stop criticizing. This is something that I made a conscious effort to do a few weeks ago, and in particular to stop self-criticizing. You know, the way we'll put ourselves down, um, we'll, we'll speak badly of ourselves, usually in a way that we would never speak about someone else. And whilst in the past I advocate for, you know, being our own best friend, um, this is, you know, this is even a stepping stone just towards that. You know, let me just, when I'm aware of it, let me just stop myself from self-criticizing because, you know, self-flagellation is the complete opposite of self-confidence. You know, we're, we're putting the boot into ourselves and we've almost become our own bully. Um, and that really serves no purpose. It's like, you know, let's just stop doing that. Something similar to that is where we will move into the territory of constantly comparing ourselves to others. So tip number 12 is to eliminate those comparisons. I would have said before that comparison is the thief of joy. And if you think about nowadays, particularly with social media and that concept of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, we're comparing ourselves to, you know, to people at a global level. And, you know, as I often say, there will always be someone out there who's taller or richer or supposedly more successful. Um, and all we do when we compare ourselves to them is diminish ourselves and our own spirit and our own sense of empowerment. So the only comparison that's ever valid is between where you are now and where you'd like to progress towards or, you know, am I better, you know, today than I was yesterday? Um, so a bit like making the decision to stop criticizing, let's try to consciously eliminate the excessive, constant comparing that we do. Tip number 13 brings us into the concept of, of being more and doing less, uh, which is asking ourselves the question, you know, who would I like to be in this situation? So again, think about a scenario where you'd like to feel more confident. You know, what other aspects of your personality would you like to bring to the fore? You know, is it courage? Is it determination? Is it a sense of calmness? Is it a sense of self-belief? You know, all I'm doing here is thinking about 
aspects of my personality that I would like to draw on in this scenario. So I'm not just thinking about self-confidence, which is, you know, a big concept. Let me just think about something that's maybe more accessible. And in that area, I usually view calmness and courage as the handrails uh, towards confidence. You know, so think about, you know, learning to drive a car. You know, it's not confidence that gets you behind the wheel. It's a sense of courage. And then you, you know, you get a few driving lessons and then the confidence begins to build. And I think it's the same in, in any situation. Tip number 14 is to set yourself a little goal or a little target, you know, something that you want to achieve just for you, something that would represent progress or a milestone or, or a baby step in the direction that you want to go. And you don't necessarily need to tell anyone else about it. It's just something you're doing for you as a way for you to either feel better, feel more empowered or to boost your, your own level of confidence. So the final tip is is a bizarre one, but it's one that I find effective as well, which is to help boost someone else's confidence. You know, if you're speaking to someone and you're able to give them some words of encouragement or support or, you know, help them see a situation differently, you know, what you're doing there is giving them a gift and it also presupposes that if you're able to, you know, boost someone else's self-confidence, you know, it presupposes that you have some of that to give to them. And, um, you know, I find as well that when you're when you're giving to others, it does come back to you as well with the old cyclical or, or balanced nature of life, as it were. I found myself unconsciously doing that um, uh, last week when I was getting my first vaccine. Um, with some of the health issues I've had, I, I qualify in this current category for a vaccine and you have to wait for 15 minutes afterwards and you have the little time sticker on your hand as to when you could be released. And there was a lady sitting across from me um, who had just received her vaccine as well. And although we were wearing masks, I could, I could see in her eyes that she was anxious and uh, I just struck up a, uh, you know, a short conversation with her. I said, you know, we need sort of egg timers here to, you know, to let us know when it's okay to go. And, uh, you know, when that initial connection was made, you know, she she spoke more more openly and she was a little bit worried and anxious about things that were going on. And maybe in our conversation, I was just able to distract her for 10 minutes. It certainly made the time go by quicker. But, you know, when she was going, when our time was up, she was thanking me for that conversation and and how much she enjoyed it, even though it was just general banter. And sometimes it's in those little small scenarios where maybe we're just being ourselves or maybe just being a little bit braver, because sometimes we have to be a bit courageous to maybe kick off a conversation with someone. Um, but that something positive comes out of it. Um, and you never know the ripple effects of that because you never know what's going on in someone else's lives. You know, I think it was J.M. Barry who who wrote, was that Peter Pan, who said, you know, always be a bit kinder than is necessary. Um, so a, a short little story, a relevant one to, uh, to close this week's uh, tips with. So rather than going through those 15 um, tips to boost self-confidence again, I'm actually going to close with a little reading or a little poem by the Indian mystic uh, Asho, which is spelled O-S-H-U. Actually, just checking it here, it's actually spelled Asho, O-S-H-O. You'd think I'd know how to spell a four-letter word. But anyway, I came across this recently, and I just thought it was so pertinent uh, for today's uh, topic. Um, but it's, it's, a, it, it's one that's just nice, uh, full stop. 
Uh, so we're going to close with this one um, this week. Uh, so uh, Osho wrote, uh, you are not accidental. Existence needs you. Without you, something will be missing in existence and nobody can replace it. That's what gives you dignity, that the whole existence will miss you. The stars and sun and moon, the trees and birds and earth, everything in the universe will feel a small vacant space which cannot be filled by anyone except you. This gives you tremendous joy, a fulfilment that you are related to existence and existence cares for you. Once you are clean and clear, you can see tremendous love falling on you from all dimensions. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed those words by Asho and that you found my reflections on self-confidence and in particular those tips or practices for boosting self-confidence useful. As I say, there's a lot more and a lot more depth on the masterclass I produced in partnership with the International Open Academy. You can find out more about that on their website uh, or indeed on my website. Um, and that masterclass is currently discounted to 28 euro, I think it is, when you use the discount code uh, Sweetman. So as ever, I'm James Sweetman. Uh, thank you for your loyal listenership. If you know of anyone else who might benefit from this week's episode, be sure to pass details or the link to the site onto them. If you've enjoyed it and you've not already done so, maybe consider giving me a star rating or a little comment. Um, and until next week.